Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today we have with us Johnny Crowder. How are you, Johnny? I am doing super well. I'm like I said before, I'm digging your background and I'm curious about what animal those wings might have come off of well, or been they're, donated by. <laughs> they're made they're made out of metal and they I represent I represent like freedom, you know, wings for freedom. So yeah, so it's all about freedom, right? Actually, I started biking a lot last year and uh -huh. I think there was something about feeling cooped up in my apartment that just made me really value all things associated with freedom, like even driving. I yeah. appreciate driving now. Yeah, know? it's everything's just beautiful. When you have the right mindset, everything just feels so incredible. The other day I saw, I was telling my wife and I saw like leaves. I don't know where the heck they came from because it's freaking all snow outside. Like we're, we're mm -hmm. in Canada, right? So it's like everything's frozen, but I just see a, a, a leaf pass by and go, oh, that's nice. You know, and I was thinking yeah. to myself, like I never noticed these things before. Because I was, yeah. my mind was always so consumed with day-to-day -day stuff and that monkey mind, you know, and my, I was always like, oh, this, this, I got to do this, I got to do this. I never really enjoyed the moment now, you know, like that moment now, that now is so precious. I call it like uh, I ignite now, you know, so I love that now moment and I just enjoy it. Never thought. So that's why it's an honor that you came on the show and I love what you, you're doing. Everything that you're doing is just incredible. And I can't wait to share it to the audience and looks like you love shoes. I'm a big, so I geek out about three things that aren't associated with saving the world. Okay. So my <laughs> primary hobby is saving the world. My non-saving the love world it. hobbies are sneakers, supercars, and like interior design and architecture type stuff. Oh, cool. So what, you took like classes for interior decorating or are you just doing it as a hobby right now? No, I'm just, I love functional art. So art that you can drive cars, art that you can wear sneakers, art that you can inhabit is architecture. So just, just appreciating the art of the, like you were mentioning, like we take a lot of things for granted, Yeah. but when you view them as art and you think, wow, someone had to make design decisions around functionality and beauty, then you yeah. can really start looking at a coffee mug and being like, this is kind of beautiful, you know? Yeah, I'm curious. So in the past, like before all the transformation happened in your life, did you, I know we're gonna get in more details, but did you ever thought you would be thinking about interior decorating in the future? <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, well, to be fair, yeah. when I was younger, I used to draw and paint a lot. So I think I was a little bit artistic. Okay. Uh, well, I was very artistic when I was younger, but it was kind of pointed. So it was only like my specific kind of creativity that I would pursue. And then over time, as I got, I've gotten older, I realized there are all sorts of ways to be creative. Like you can redesign your like i'll go online and i'll spec cars like i'll go to ferrari's yeah. website and i'll yeah, just yeah, yeah. spec out a car oh and nice that's fun for me yeah 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 yeah. whereas before i might have said you know well that's not painting or i was kind of skinny yeah. when i was younger yeah, yeah, yeah that's why i was curious to know um so tell me how many shoes do you have i feel like i should know that approximately but I don't know. approximately that means that's a lot <laughs> yeah probably maybe 50 40 something like it. that yeah it. so i i know this i have more than one pair per day of the month mm -hmm. which was like a really weird feeling for me i was like whoa i could wear a different pair of shoes every day for an entire month that's amazing so, though but it's it's honestly i'm a super simple person so yeah. i don't 
I'm, I'm very no frills and there's only a couple things that I really geek out about and sneakers is definitely one of them. That's awesome. That's awesome. No, good for you. My nephew, he's really big on, 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 on these sneakers and, and, and different types of shoes. And even my cousins, they're all on the chat on WhatsApp. That's all they're showing each other. Like they're always yep. showing these different models coming out and all. Uh, my son, he's, um, he's 13. He's turning 14 this summer. Um, he plays basketball like rep league. He's, he's tall as well. Like he's like, he's six, four now and he's 13. So yeah, no. yeah, yeah. He's wearing hey. 13 size shoe, uh, um, sneakers. <laughs> so I'm happy because he grows out of them so quick. So the ones I got him now, the 13 size, he's already getting tight. So Jeez. I'll just take those over and they're not even used that one <laughs> because you know, my size is 13. So, yeah, so he plays uh, rap basketball and stuff like that. Uh, But he has no, like, he he doesn't show any interest in them, you know? Like, we got him because he needs them, right? But I guess when you get older, you start getting into those things. Yeah, it's, I've noticed that, like, everyone has their thing like this. I have a buddy who's like this with hot sauces. Really? He lives a totally normal life, doesn't really collect or anything. But when it comes to hot sauces, he has a whole cabinet with like probably 40 or 50 different hot sauces. So everyone has that thing. And I think mine is sneakers. And the only reason you know is because it's right behind me. But everybody has that thing. Yeah, they always have that thing. I don't even know what my thing is. I know you made me start thinking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So tell tell me, like, tell us more about the entire thing. Like, tell us in your own words about this program, because this program, honestly, my passion is so much aligned with yours that we need more of this mental health in the world. You know what I mean? And you notice it once you start working on your mindset, when you go to a grocery store, or if you're standing in line or anywhere, you notice how people are talking, how they're communicating with each other, what they're saying, their body language, you know, if they're waiting in line, what they're, all these things you start noticing when you work on yourself, right? You start seeing it. This, I understand what happened for you to get into this, but this concept that you created, I I know in a TED talk, you're mentioning that you started putting sticky notes in your apartment, right? To get that Mm -hmm. motivation. But this creation of the software and doing all these wonderful things, like how, how, what inspired that? Well, I had been doing, this is what a lot of people don't know about me and my past. Mm -hmm. They, they don't realize that I've been doing peer support for over a decade. Okay. So I am not, I, I'm from the psychology world. I'm not from the tech world. So I went mm-hmm. to school for psych. Um, I was in treatment for many years. Yes. I was doing public advocacy and peer support, leading peer support groups and trainings for clinicians for years before Cope Notes. Mm-hmm. So Cope Notes was a result of me getting exhausted doing everything I just said. Oh. I was like, there's no way to scale this, right? I'd have to book 70 appointments a day. 500 days a year, you know, like the math just didn't work out. And Cope Notes is really something that I've been trying to build for a long time, but every version I tried to build couldn't scale past a certain point. Like I remember um, before this, I ran a digital peer support tool called Not a Therapist. Mm -hmm. And this was like a little before the telehealth trend, you know, I think I was a little bit early on that. And basically it was a way to book peer support, like peer counseling sessions 
online and you could choose your method of communication. Like you could choose Facebook message or text or phone calls or Skype or whatever. And um, I remember I made a video announcing the start of like the death, quote unquote, of not a therapist and the birth of Cope Notes. And uh, someone asked why. And I said, because my previous idea was only good if only 60 or so people at a time thought it was good. And after that point, it would break. So ultimately, the thing that drove Cope Notes to be as technologically cool, yeah, for lack of a better word, yeah. as it is today, is just yeah. a result of knowing that every time I was serving someone over the last you know, 10 years before Cope Notes, I knew that there were a thousand people that I wasn't able to serve just because mm-hmm. I can only be in one place at one time. That's incredible. But how do you, how do you, how does it even happen? How do you even get like every individual having their own message? Like, like I can understand if you create it, like, like everybody gets that same text message, right? But you're providing messages, like not every two person people are getting the same message, right? That's what basically. So, so yeah, when we started, Uh it was ugly, dude. I was repurposing SMS marketing software and Uh just writing one text a day and sending it out to a mass, you know, a mass Mm -hmm. text to every number on our list. And, and that became unsustainable so much room for human error. Um, and I, and I was making a lot of errors. Um, (laughs) so a lot of frustrated customers early on and eventually I, I connected with my now CTO, Matt, and he, his background is in tech and he speaks a language that I don't even understand. Perfect. he, he is a true dev person. And cool addition. Yeah, we started slowly um, just changing the way that we scheduled text messages until now we have a text library that is hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds of different yeah. text messages that are written by peers and approved by mental health professionals. But then we built microservices that deliver a different text to a different person at a different time so that no two people yeah. ever receive the same text at the same Amazing. time. And we're updating the texts on a daily basis with input from our clinical oversight panel. And the, the library changes based wow. on user input. It's like so much more complex than my very, very simple rudimentary idea that I started mm-hmm. with. So like for me, when I see this, I don't know about people in the audience, but for me, when I hear that and that stood out for me, the reason is that, Startups, like I'm, I'm involved in startups and I, I love to the, the come up with ideas that can help people. I'm very, I'm a big fan of those things. But in general, historically speaking, when people come up with ideas, they do it that is most efficient way and most easy, fast way to provide yeah. that service that will just get people in the masses to get attracted to it. What I found is when I saw that, it was like mind blowing for me because the fact that every not two people will get the same message, that means that you 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 I know you are, but you are generally representing where your heart is. You're actually telling people, look, I'm going that extra step. Like this, it's, it's like a hidden, like it's a very clear message about what you stand for. That little component, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's it's actually really challenging to balance that yeah. part of me that you're talking about with. Yeah 
just plain logistics. Like yeah. sometimes I'll pitch something to Matt and he'll be like, yeah. Johnny, literally <laughs> it does not work that way. Yeah. Like what you just said is, is a technical impossibility. You don't understand how this works. So he grounds me a lot, but yeah. the, what was really bothering me about the way that I ran things before was, you know, let's say, um, you know, I was sending one text per day and that was the text of the day. So everybody got that text that day. Yep. The problem with that model is that if you sign up today mm -hmm. and your, who did you, we're talking about your nephew? Uh, uh, nephew. Yeah. Your, so your nephew signs up three weeks from now. Uh -huh. He doesn't get any of the texts in the three weeks that you were subscribed, which means that if I sent a text that would have benefited him uh -huh. and he wasn't subscribed at that time, he'll never receive it. That's why that mix is important. So right now we have this system that randomly selects texts and users and Got times it. using artificial randomization so that if you sign up today and he signs up in three weeks, you both have an equal opportunity to receive that text yeah. versus him being ruled out of receiving that because he signed up after you. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I understand what you mean. And that's, that adds value, right? You're impacting. So you're not yeah. missing and some people might miss out the other way around. Um, that's incredible. So how many years has it been cope notes? So we just passed that three year mark. We just passed our three year anniversary a couple of weeks ago, which is a relief. Anybody in the startup world knows that there's like this unspoken three year cliff that you're afraid of. Yeah. And then once you pass the three year mark, you're like, Oh, well, then I better get comfortable because I'm going to be around for a while. If the market was going to kill me, it would have killed me by now, you know? Yeah, yeah. And this this way you speak and stuff on stage and everything, like, did you, is this something natural that comes out from you? Like, it's very, like, the way you present yourself is like, are you, have you went through training? Like, how does that come about? So are you natural? I'm going to blow your mind right now. And okay. this is something that I do not share often. Oh, um, so that's great so for super entrepreneurs like a, podcast. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of an exclusive insight into my life. I don't talk much about it cause it's kind of dramatic, but mm. I have permanent brain damage from a miscalculation of medication. So I was taking a mix of antipsychotic medications. Um, this was years ago and around my early twenties or so. Mm -hmm. And the mix of medications and the dosages that I was on caused some pretty serious damage to parts of my brain. Mm -hmm. And I had, I, I essentially lost my ability to communicate effectively. So I had to relearn like how to make eye contact, how to speak wow. to people, how to understand inflection. Um, mm. So I don't talk a lot about that, but it, it really is something that happened in my life. I had to relearn how to communicate, but my advantage in this situation yeah. was most people learn to speak when they're children. I had to relearn to speak in my twenties. Mm -hmm. So I knew a little bit more than I would have as a toddler and I could choose which types of characteristics I wanted to keep and which types of characteristics I could consciously decide I didn't want to embody. So as a kid, you pick everything up. You're like a sponge, but mm. in your twenties, you can say, well, I, I don't want to sound harsh. I don't want to be critical of other people. So maybe mm -hmm. I can leave those characteristics to the side and I want to learn how to be inclusive and supportive and be a better listener. So 
I was allowed to think critically about how to communicate. So I'm shocked that I can speak now, um, like fluently. And, but before literally my tongue would get stuck to the side of my mouth and I didn't, I couldn't form words. It was, I can't even describe what that period of my life was. I can't even imagine. But how, how, what kind of treatment can help with that? Is it like a medication or is it like a therapy type? No, I believe it or not. I just didn't tell anybody that I was going through it at all because I was so embarrassed. So I just shut my mouth and I kept to myself and I tried to cover it up as much as I could. But so I sing in a band and we'd be on tour and I'd be on stage trying to sing or speak between songs and my tongue will get stuck and my brain wouldn't work. And like, if you go back and look at old videos of me playing shows. So my old thing was called Dark Sermon. Yeah. And this is like 2012, 2013, 2014. Mm -hmm. If you go back and watch videos, I don't talk on stage. It's all very like theatrical and I'll, I'll sing, oh, but it's screaming. Yeah, so I can okay. scream without really enunciating. Yes. But then in between songs, I couldn't speak because I couldn't enunciate my words. So I just, it would be silent in between songs. But then how, how did you become like incredible? Like, how, like, is it through the, what kind of treatment medication or is it like no, therapy? No, it was through, I started listening to a lot of audiobooks mm-hmm. and lectures and videos of uh-huh. i mean it's kind of like i have friends who are not native english speakers yeah english they would like watch youtube videos and listen to sermons and stuff and kind of pick up on certain methods of diction that they liked so that's what i started doing i started listening wow to talk so yourself a lot and then you fix yourself emulate that yeah that's incredible yeah, I never talk about that ever. This is, but ins- it is like, a I'm very not, real part of my story. Wow, like I don't want to go too much into it because it's, it's very personal to you and stuff. But I'm saying it's incredible that you were able to to fix it on your own, right? Like that. You, you. you I mean, you know, like that. That's incredible when something is not working without getting the help, right? I mean, I'm hesitant to say that I've done anything in my life without help. Um, There have been a lot of really close friends and even Mm -hmm. strangers that have Mm -hmm. been very kind to me. So Mm -hmm. I don't want to take 100% credit, but um, I'm just so thankful that I can have a conversation with you right now without worrying about whether or not I'm going to be able to communicate. That is incredible. And having a podcast show and have a, can you imagine back then you probably never even thought of having a show speaking on stage, right? Like it's incredible to look back and think about that, you know? Yeah. Uh, It was really tough too. Cause I was, I was doing public advocacy. So I was booked to speak at events like conferences and stuff. And I would have to like, practice saying words before I got on stage so I wouldn't mess up phrases. Like if I had to say Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office, I would have to, have you ever spoken really to concentrate? Yeah. Like if you've ever spoken to someone who's kind of drunk, yeah, they're yeah. trying to say they're something, to- they have to concentrate really hard so their <laughs> yeah. tongue doesn't mess up. It was like that. I understand now. Yeah, makes sense. Well, you know what? You shared something um, very private and, and close to you, and I'm going to do the same. Let's make this episode something big. Uh, nobody Bring knows it. Nobody knows this. Nobody's not, never been in public about me. Um, but about three years ago, I was uh, diagnosed as a very rare spectrum of autism. 
So it's, I'm a high functioning autistic man, but I never talk about it uh, in anywhere online. Um, I actually, I don't know why. I don't know why I, I don't. Um, and now I feel really comfortable about your story, what you do and what you've went through. I just felt, um, I felt like I should for some reason. So I'm doing that. But, yeah. um, and it, just, it, as a kid, I, I did a lot of things that I didn't know. My parents didn't know. Right. Um, now it makes sense. And everybody, like whoever found out, like my close family, like my sisters, uh, um, they'll be shocked if they see this, but anyways, they would say like, Oh, now it makes sense. Oh, now it makes sense. All those yeah. things. Cause I didn't speak till I was five, six. And wow. they couldn't figure, yeah, they couldn't figure all these other things that caught on now. Um, and, and my ability to do things, certain things and my, and the things I'm able to think and how I got really fast into the mindset stuff, all those things explain and make, um, under, I can understand and relate to why, you know, if I, you probably understand because I read about all the stuff that you went through, right. And you're dealing with. Dude, this is why, so I spent years being afraid of diagnoses, but now yeah. I see how empowering they can be because you look back on parts of your life where you've had questions and you can apply this, this knowledge that you, the present you has to the past yeah. you and you go, oh man, yes. not only does this totally make sense of my past behaviors and my past yes. issues, but now I feel empowered to do yes. something about it because I can yes. educate myself. Yes. Like don't. Don't run away from that lean yeah. into it. That's your yeah. power, dude. Yeah. And I wanted to, I, I came in my mind many times. I said, I should go power. I should tell people, I should help people because I do this mentorship program. I said, I should go find high functioning people that are in business and, and help them because I have a way like with my mindset stuff, I can help them. Why not? But then I would stop. I said, okay, I want to do so much and I'm trying to do so much for the world, but why I'm stopping mm -hmm. at this. Why am I stopping at this? This could be a revolutionary thing in my, in my life now that I brought it up that it might turn into that because you are inspiring to me because of all that, that you went through and you go through. Right. So. Dude, that, that means so much to me. And this is why, this is why, it's important for people to engage in conversations like this. Like, I hope there are people listening right now who say, you know what, I'm going to speak up about something. What, no, it doesn't have to be a diagnosis. doesn't yeah. have to be anything, yeah. you know, just Come out. open up about one thing because what you just said, where you're like, I want to do something for people like me. Yeah. That's the only reason Cope Notes exists. And I guarantee that 99% of entrepreneurs, the only reason they started doing anything is because they want to help people who encountered the same problem that they did. Yeah. That's the so backbone true. of entrepreneurship. It's it the is. backbone of innovation. It is. It is. And I think it was probably my fault too, because I want to, I want to do so much, but then I said, you know, what if the ones that don't have issues that they'll be like not wanting to deal, you know, those that, that you get those thoughts coming in, right? What if they don't want to, oh, yeah. they're saying, Oh my God, how am I going to pay this guy that is, you know, this, you know what I mean? Like I didn't want to lose out on helping other people that I could serve. Like, so it was a very, you know, like I was in that, yeah. but now it's out. Like now it's a different story. Now I'm going to actually work on this and, and create this environment to help people of this type yeah. of situation. Right. I've even had, uh, I've had people, um, I've had girls tell me they didn't want to date me because I, they Googled yeah. me and they're like, oh, you're schizophrenic. And you've see, you know, I don't, I don't trust being in a relationship yeah. with someone like yeah. that. I've lost deals 
because people saw my TED talk and they're like, well, I don't want to do business with someone who's bipolar. Yeah. So you do lose opportunity yeah. mm-hmm. when you speak up, but of you course. get back 90 opportunities for every single opportunity you lose mm-hmm. because of people coming out of the woodwork and saying, me too. And I respect yeah. you. Yeah. I can relate. Yes. So just wait after this yeah. podcast airs, this yeah. episode airs, yeah. wait for the influx of people contacting you saying, wow. thank you for giving me the courage yeah. to speak up about X. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, because that's beautiful. At the end of the day, we're all human beings and we all have our stories and we have our situations and problems and whatever we went through. Um, if we keep it inside and we don't share it, what service are we doing? You know, like I, I, even now that I bring this up, I felt like I was a hypocrite before today then, right? Because why was I keeping it? You know, why didn't I share it? Right. Um, it, if it's going to help people, if it's going to serve and that's my motive, why did I hold back? Right. So, but everything has its time and everything happens for a reason. And oh, yeah. we were meant to meet like this and we were meant to connect like this and we were meant to share like this. So I'm, I'm grateful and, and thankful and I'm, I feel blessed to be able to be standing here in front of you and speaking about this. Dude, this is when people ask me like why I gave up everything for Coke notes. And it's, it's very clearly a, an unstable thing. Anyone who starts a company is gambling everything. Mm-hmm. So it's a very huge risk. And when people ask like, why on earth would you sacrifice, you know, most everything in your life to pursue one thing? I sometimes get in my head, like you're saying, so if I focus on mental health, what about all the other people who I can't yeah, serve? What exactly. about the environment? What about mm-hmm. racial equality? What mm-hmm. about, you know, LGBT mm-hmm. and social human rights? Mm-hmm. And I have it as difficult as it can be, picking a lane is what can make you effective. So it's not that you can't care about the, obviously I care about those things. I care mm-hmm. about the environment. Of course mm-hmm. I live here, Yeah. Um, but I have to pick a lane and focus yeah. and hope and pray and trust that someone else is going to go out there and do the environment part of things because your finger, imagine if your pointer finger said, Oh, I never help with walking. I should kind of divide my time between <laughs> you being a, prehensile, I don't even know if that's the right word. I don't think it is. <laughs> no. Between being a digit <laughs> yes. and helping with walking. And maybe I should help with vision too. Yeah. Like, no, your finger is, acts as a finger. That's your focus. Or seven. So you have to, as difficult as it is, you have to pick an area to focus in on. Mm-hmm. And I think that everyone listening to this has a, a pain point in their mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. It's their relationship with their father. It's, yeah. you know, losing Something. their swimming scholarship. Yeah. Focus on that because if you can turn that into a net positive, then it didn't happen for no reason. And the qualities that you have, that you, you, you know, all the, the situations you went through and everything, those qualities are not replaceable. That's unique to you and who you are, you know, Johnny, like that's something what you went through and what you have dealt with is something that's connected to you as a person. Right. And then energetically, we're all connected. Everything comes from the same source. So when we're looking at other people and you could provide that way that, Hey, listen, if you're dealing with something, I have a, I, I can, I have a helping hand for you. You know what? I can help you. Right. You're giving out that kind of positive energy. You're helping when you're helping good things come back to you. Right. And, and there's genius in all this, right? So when I look back at for myself, you know, the situation, 
like I was a very quick learner, you know, like if I did, I, I went into multiple industries and I, I, I get, I would get bored or I would just stop. Like I would jump around shiny object syndrome, right? I went through all these hiccups and, and bad friends, right. And, and getting in trouble fights, you know, like all these things I would do. And I would think that now I look back and I realize, but I'm saying there was good things too, because when I was focused, when I wanted to do something, I was like laser, like I knew how to do it. Yeah. I find myself being very smart. I find myself that I'm able to, I believe I can do anything kind of thing. And like those qualities of, you know, keeping your words and, and those little mm -hmm. things that mean amazing things in business, being honest, you know, being loyal. They're so strict to me, like, because I think it's because of the condition. I feel very strict. Like if it's not a straight line, I can't, you know what I mean? Like these things yeah. could benefit people. Even the people that don't have these kind of conditions, they could benefit from it. Oh I yeah. I think that's great. So how long have you been doing the podcasting for? So I started like a year and a half or almost two years ago. And then we took a break late last year. Um, and we haven't done any new episodes since then because our priorities have shifted a little bit. We signed some government contracts okay, and they have oh, required a lot of my time and attention. So a little less time for podcasting stuff. I'm hoping to get back into it soon though, because our partner mental health news radio network is this, obviously it is what it sounds like. It is a mental health news radio network. Mm -hmm. And she, uh, Kristen, the woman who runs it, like strong armed me into making a podcast. She, every time we spoke, she's like, you got to make a podcast. You got to do it. It's true. So I finally do it. And then I ran it for like a year and change. And then I said, we're going to take a break. And I'm just thinking, Oh no, Kristen's going to kick my butt. So I oh, do need no. to get back to it. Yeah. yeah we've done just shy of, I think we've done 39 episodes so far. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Get back to it because that's a good platform to share the message. Right. Mm hmm. Right. And it's, it's uh, you know, to get out there. Um, we always like to ask guests, you know, what their inner superpower is. You have many. So what is your main one that you feel is your inner most superpower? Um, the one that comes to mind right now is just this voice in my head that says, so what? like when I encounter an obstacle, like I mm. get, I get really frustrated. Don't get me wrong. But mm. you know, if I, if I hear excuses like, Oh, well, I, I don't have a doctorate, so they're not going to trust me. And then there's a voice in my head that says, so what? So yeah, I, you almost can't present me with a problem that I don't believe there's a solution for, mm. even if I don't know it. So maybe the superpower is never feeling like a defeat is final. Mm -hmm. like, uh, understanding that all defeats are temporary. And if it's like, okay, well, if that didn't work, then we need to figure out what will, even if mm -hmm. I don't know what will, I believe that something will work. Yeah. It's mindset, right? It's so powerful because if you start yeah. going on the wrong side, the opposite pole, then obviously that's all you're going to go towards. By doing that, you keep yourself on the positive pole and you make things happen. And that's such yeah, a, yeah. such an important thing. You should have seen me when I was younger. I literally, I would walk around um, school wearing a t-shirt that said negative outlooks. And I thought I was so cool and tough and yeah. hard. But now yeah. I literally have, I have positive mental attitude tattooed across my entire oh, torso. Wicked. Like I have PMA all gangster <laughs> Amazing. style Amazing. on my stomach. And I, I'm blown away that my, my thinking has changed so drastically, but yeah. you got to think like, 
schizophrenia, bipolar yeah. one, OCD, PTSD, Incredible. generalized anxiety. Like you pile all of these diagnoses on a kid. Yeah. And it can do? make that kid pretty negative and angry and sad. So working through those diagnoses over mm-hmm. time has shown me that I didn't really feel that way. My diagnoses were were filtering what I was experiencing. So over time, I had to learn how to adjust for those filters. Mm, excellent. Yeah. They're so important. We're basically, we're a sum of our thoughts, right? And you know, you 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 knew what ta- your thoughts now are totally different than what your thoughts were back then, dude. Right? So the but that's the freedom though. Like a, part yeah. of me agrees with you that we are the sum of our thoughts, but part of me thinks, no, we are the person thinking the thought, which means that the thought itself can be worked on without our identity being compromised. So that was really freeing for me, understanding that like I am not my thoughts, my thoughts are the thing that I need to work on. And it, that separation was so empowering because I didn't feel like I was my own enemy. I would have a negative thought come in. I'm like, I don't like that thought. And it didn't feel like I was saying, I don't like me. It was saying, "Mm, I don't like the way that you framed that thought there. I want to go back and see if we can adjust that, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's just having clarity on the thought. It's just understanding. I mean, identity is is crucial, but if you mm-hmm. understand that a detail about you or something that you do or something that you think or say or believe is not you, if you don't conflate, you know, I think it's why currently people get so fired up about sharing their opinions and and even when it comes to like politics and finance and religion, we dig in our heels because we think that our position is us. Mm-hmm. But when you realize that you are you and your position is your position, those are two separate things. Then you don't get so sensitive. If someone proves you wrong, you're like, Oh, well now I have a brand new understanding of that. You know, mm-hmm. awareness, basically awareness of your thoughts. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Having awareness. That's excellent. Well, is there any last kind of suggestions, recommendations to anybody like, you know, into, uh, into their job, looking to come out and do more in the world and do some business, you know, entrepreneurship, any kind of recommendation through your journey that you could share with the audience? So it, would it be, you said it's for people who are thinking about becoming an entrepreneur? Yeah. So someone who's showing interest, you know, the audience might have show interest in entrepreneurship or self-employment. Uh, they might be working in a nine to five and getting into this realm, any kind of uh, recommendation you could share? Um, the first one that comes to mind is don't quit your job when you have the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, quit one. your job when you can no longer work your job and your side business, mm-hmm. where your side business is getting so much traction that you're like, there's no way I can do both. It gets um, bigger. I think I quit my job five months after starting Cope Notes, which is pretty early, but it was also contingent upon a deal with a school district where mm-hmm. they said, we're not allowed to work with any vendor that isn't full-time. Oh, okay. Um, so it was like a paperwork thing. And I was like, well, gulp. Yeah. Um, it's a sign. He, he, and what's crazy, what I, what I, what people don't know about that story is that school district never signed. So I, I quit my job for oh, a deal that never came through. No way. Um, Yeah. So I've just, here's what I would say to people. Not only that, 
piece, but the other piece I want to say is um, starting a business will be way harder than you think it will be. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. definitely think critically about whether or not this is actually what you want. Ask mm-hmm. a million people or they're, you know, ask a ton of entrepreneurs, read a ton, listen to a ton of podcasts and lectures, ask everybody, you know, for their input. But with that being said, it is much more fulfilling than you think also. So it is mm-hmm. much more difficult than you expect. Mm-hmm. You have no idea how much harder it is than what you're picturing in your mind. Mm-hmm. But also if you think, oh, maybe I would feel this fulfilled. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. It is 70,000 yes. times on that because when you get, I don't care if you're selling cupcakes, when you get mm-hmm. that first email from someone saying, this was the most delicious cupcake or you yeah. made my grandma's birthday so special because bro, I'm telling you, Beautiful. That those little blips, you mm-hmm. you your mindset and your heart have to shift from money and Service. external validation being your drivers mm-hmm. to having to basically fast for six months at a time with you know no money and no external yes. validation and no no pats on the back. And then you have to get that little mustard seed of a compliment from a customer and you have to go. Mm, this better sustain me for another six months. And if you can change your body's economy to focus and value those types of little nudges, then I'm positive that you can become an entrepreneur. But trust me, it there is an adjustment period for yeah, sure. Such a great recommendation for sure. There's pros and cons to it, right? And there also also should be kind of digging deep within too to find out if it's really, really something that they want. But yeah, that's great. Uh, I really, really, again, very much honored that you came on the show. It was amazing, amazing discussion. Like um, your energy, what you're doing, everything is just phenomenal. And you're going, I hope you go to such a large scale that you can impact more and more people's lives. And I respect you and appreciate you. And um, I just want to say thank you for being on the show. Dude. Amen. Thank you for having me. And I can't, I'm proud of you for talking about this on an episode and I can't wait to see how this changes your life, how it changes the lives of your clients and partners and listeners. I'm telling you, there's a ripple effect that you will not believe. Thank you so much, Johnny. And I want you to stay in touch. I'll also stay in touch. And it was a pleasure meeting you as well. Thank you. You too, brother. All right. Take care.